Hello, my beautiful beings, and welcome to today's episode. This episode is your breakup manual. Most of what I say is mainly applicable to a situation where you have been dumped. It can also apply when it's a mutual decision. And then some of the things can also apply when you are the one that has ended the relationship but you're still heartbroken and you are struggling to navigate through the experience. But this is, I would say, like 70% targeted at the people that feel absolutely powerless in a situation and if it were up to them, they would be back with their ex. That is pretty much, that's the, the theme of today's episode. I have done breakup episodes before and I feel like I'm going to do many more in the future because there's always something to touch on. There's always something that I can add. Breakups are very multidimensional, very multifaceted, and they feel like they absolutely consume your world. So the more um, insight you can have into it, hopefully, you know, what might work for one person might not work for you. So hopefully I can say something in today's episode that maybe another episode you know, didn't really strike a chord with you, but today it does. So that's my my aim. Also, when you are going through a breakup, you want to fill yourself with as much, you want to fill your awareness and your, your conscious mind with as much information that's going to steer you in the direction of healing instead of content and information that's going to keep you in this downward spiral of pain and suffering, okay? Because a lot of the time, When we don't know what we're doing after a breakup, we feel so lost, so hurt, so abandoned that we end up spiraling in these really unhelpful negative thought patterns of stalking the ex on social media, going over old memories, trying to reinforce why it is that they truly were the one for us and why this and why that needing an answer, feeling so lost, all of that. Okay, So it's always beneficial to fill yourself and your awareness and your attention with this kind of stuff if you're truly willing to get over somebody. Now... This episode is a manual to actually help you get over a breakup. It is not a survival guide until they come back to you, okay? This is not a get back with your ex and in the meantime you do this. If you are willing to do the work and move on and consider that relationship finished and done, this episode is for you and you will get a lot out of it, I can promise you. Even if you do half of it, if you do two points, I think I've got nine, I think, then this will be beneficial, okay? Before we get started, I do want to go into a brain fact and then we will dive straight into today's episode. So what I'm talking about today is a syndrome called Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Very interesting. So pretty much like the movie Alice in Wonderland, it's this it's where the size of things change around her. So they're either too big or too small and additionally, it's also the feeling that your body is changing in size. Like you might feel a lot larger than everything around you or a lot smaller. So what they think it is, if the neurons that transmit information from your sensory organs are malfunctioning or they're damaged, if there's a distortion there, then your perception of the external world will also be distorted. Now this can happen visually, it can happen with touch, it can happen with sound, like you might Um, hear a voice and it might appear to you to be really, really loud and really, really close, even though that person is, you know, a couple of meters away. And then you might hear another voice of a person at the same distance and it could feel like it's really faint and really far away. So what the important thing to note here is that they're not hallucinating. People with this syndrome, they're not hallucinating. It is an illusion. So a hallucination is where something is created in your mind that does not exist in reality. And an illusion is a misinterpretation or a warping 
of something that is there, roughly. Now, a lot of patients that have this syndrome also suffer from migraines. And when someone experiences a migraine, in a lot of cases, they get something called an aura, which has to do with flashes of lights or spots in their vision kind of that normally precedes the migraine. And in some cases, people with Alice in Wonderland syndrome can be experiencing these sensations just preceding a migraine. But it's not just people with migraines. Some people that have Alice in Wonderland syndrome don't experience migraines at all. There's a whole bunch of different causes. It can be tumours, head trauma, epilepsy, of course, migraines. But what seems to be a more likely or a more common cause is a virus, an infection, a virus infection, for example, Epstein-Barr virus. So a lot of patients that have Alice in Wonderland syndrome don't suffer from epilepsy or migraine, but may suffer from some sort of a virus. And when there's an infection, there is a decrease in the blood that flows to certain parts of the brain. And if this is happening in the visual pathways, then it might actually affect your visual processing and it's going to distort how things are processed within the brain. And then because there's a decrease to blood flow to certain parts of the brain and in an infection, it might that that blood flow might kind of fluctuate between different areas. So it's not enough of a decrease to kill off brain areas, but it's enough to distort the activity of those brain areas. Um, other parts of the brain might be more activated than the parts that are being um, kind of hindered by this virus. So for example, parts like in the parietal lobe that take care of spatial reasoning, uh, which is and that also assist in perception of your own body, proprioception. So there's this feeling that your body might because that the parietal lobe is more activated, you might feel that your body's a whole lot larger and it's taking up a lot more of your um, processing attention, but then what you're seeing or what you're hearing is all warped and distorted in comparison to what you're feeling in your body. Like some people have reported that their head feels like it's, you know, twice the size or that they might feel really, really light or really, really heavy. Now, this is more common in children, but one third, pretty much two thirds of children grow out of it, about one third don't grow out of it. And there's no direct treatment for this other than finding out what is causing it and treating that main cause, whether it be the virus infection, whether it be um, epilepsy, tumour, migraines, whatever. So by trying to treat the underlying cause is how it is treated. But with everything that I just said, there is way more research that needs to go into this to confirm, is it actually the virus? Is it actually these things? Is there yet another cause that people don't yet know about? But there's just not enough cases to do large, large studies. So the data that they that scientists do have are taken from quite small sample sizes and sample groups. But very fucking interesting. If you're interested in that, definitely go check it out. That is your fact for the day. So let's get straight into it. We have nine points that I want to go over as part of your breakup handbook. Breakup 101. I'm not quite sure what this episode is going to be called until it goes live. So it'll be one of, one of those two things. Number one, let's begin. On your journey to recovering from the breakup, the aim should never be for your ex to be impressed. Okay. If you have their opinion as your goal and as your end result, then you are focusing on something that will ultimately keep you stuck thinking about the ex. What I mean by this is if you're thinking right now, I'm going to get fucking hot. I'm going to get so hot. I'm going to start training really hard and I'm going to be eating really clean and I'm going to be doing all this shit and and I'm going to get my head under and then my ex is going to turn around and think, fuck, I made a mistake because they look so hot. Wrong. Wrong. If you want to start training because it's good for your mental health and the feelings of endorphins are going to, you know, 
have this like these feel good neurotransmitters pumping through your body 100%. I think one of the best things for a breakup is to go and train. But if the reason you are training is because you want your ex to regret dumping you and be jealous, then you're always going to have your ex's opinion of you in the back of your mind. Your why is for the it's just for the wrong reason. And your why is actually keeping you tied. You've still got that rope that is tying you to your ex. And then it's going to cause you to do behaviours that fall into line with what your ex would like. If you know that your ex likes this certain thing and likes this certain behaviour and likes this certain look, and if you want your ex to be jealous, then you're going to be biased towards participating in things that you know your ex would like, behaving in a way that you think your ex would find attractive, all these things. So that way your ex can turn around being like, wow, did I make a mistake leaving them? Your aim is to move on, not for your ex to be jealous, but to move on. Okay, so everything that you do from here onwards, I'm all for bettering yourself, fucking absolutely, and I'll get into that in a second, but it should never be to make your ex jealous. So right now, assess your behaviours and ask yourself, what right now am I doing where I've got my ex's opinion of me in mind as an end result? And eliminate it. Find a different, a different why for what you're doing. You can still be doing the same things, but change the why behind it. Number two. You want to better yourself to the point, and this ties into bettering yourself, you always want to better yourself to the point that if your ex came back, you wouldn't want them, okay? Not because they're below you or you're better than them or you're scum and now I'm there. No, but because you have evolved so much that your ex represents a life that feels so distant to you. It's not about harboring negativity. It's like, I'm going to be better than you because again, You'll understand why in a few points time, why that doesn't help. But it's more of this thing. It's like I've grown so much as a person that now I look back at our relationship as this thing of like, oh, yeah, I know I loved you. Yes, we grew. Yes, I learned a lot, whatever. But I just could not be with you again because I've just grown so much as a person. I've had so many evolutions since we broke up that it just would be, it just would be weird. It'd be like dating someone from primary school. Weird vibes. Not interested. That's what I mean when I talk about going and doing some things to better yourself. The goal is that you don't harbor any animosity, but the goal is that you've worked so much on yourself and you've grown and evolved so much that you can get to the point where it's not out of malice and it's not out of revenge or hatred, but where you can turn around and be like, I've actually done so much work on myself that I've gone a full 180 and now it's like, this is so strange to me to even consider being with you. That's where you want to be. So how do we do this? There's a good test. You've got to ask yourself, what is something that can be built on always and is not dependent on someone's external um, opinion of me? Okay. So for example, if you're trying to better yourself, but the, the bettering has only got to do with your physical appearance, then there's going to be a lot of holes and flaws in that because ultimately you're putting way too much importance on something that requires someone else to give you a compliment or requires someone else to think, oh, wow, you're really hot or whatever. Okay. I'm all for making yourself look good for yourself in the mirror, but it has to run deeper than that. Okay. So I'm talking more about things that you can grow upon, things that you can get so passionate about that when you're doing it, you kind of lose yourself in it because it's you're so into it pick up some sort of a skill a hobby start learning something go back to studying something that matters to you for me one of the biggest saviors for me in one of my breakups was returning to study and doing my master's and really just 
burying myself in all this new content and information and it was it was a challenge it was a doable challenge it didn't make me upset because it was too hard but it was challenging enough that there would be hours at a time where I'd be so entrenched in what I was doing and doing something that I loved that I knew was going to serve me for the rest of my life it couldn't it's not going to fade it's stuff that stays in my brain because I want it to that really helped me evolve as a person and then after you know a few months of doing it I already saw how much I had grown by really applying myself to something and how different I already was in such a short time frame so find a few things that you can do okay and I've used so many examples in the past it can be a tiny fucking hobby it can be a huge undertaking of something really that's always fascinated you that you're finally going to do up to you okay but something that you can always grow on you can always add to and it's like a process of evolution so ideally a skill that you're learning that you can get better at okay number three pay attention to the anger resentment or hatred that you hold towards your ex okay if you harbor crazy amounts of anger towards your ex for what they did to you, for how they treated you, for how horrible they were, then you are holding too much energy for them. You're holding too much space for that person. And it stops you from moving on in a healthy way. When you hold all these really intense emotions, you stop yourself from moving on. You, and you might think, oh, but I'm not in love with them anymore. That was so horrible to me. There's a difference bete- between getting over somebody as far as being in love with them in a loving sense, and moving on. You could be over someone in the sense of you don't want to be with them anymore, but you have not moved on emotionally from them in the sense that you're you're harboring so many emotions towards this person of like hatred or whatever, that you struggle to approach other situations and relationships in a healthy way in your life, okay? So when you fail to leave something in the past and close that door and start a new chapter, you, without realizing it, you actually are bringing in those old feelings and patterns of resentment and insecurities into your future relationship. So you don't have to turn around now and love your ex and think, oh, you know, I wish you all the best. You were, you were, even though you fucking were a fucking asshole and cheated on me, I am going to love you now. Not at all. You can still acknowledge that that person is not a good person or that that person was awful to you. But you can acknowledge that the benefit of this is that they are no longer in your life and that's what you're going to focus on, you know. It's okay and it's even healthy to not want anything to do with a person because they just are not a good person or because you were just so not right for each other and there was zero alignment. But that can be done in a peaceful way. You have to learn how to detach yourself from that person emotionally. You can still be aware of what went down and what they did But when you think about it, it's not loaded with all these emotions, these intense emotions, but instead a sense of either relief or maybe gratitude that they're just not in your life anymore causing you that pain anymore, okay? Instead of being furious about your ex having done these horrible things to you, instead you can acknowledge that they're not a good person and when someone's not a good person, you expect subpar behavior from someone that's not a good person. So you can think, I'm not surprised and why did I expect anything more? Because I can acknowledge that they're a horrible person. Instead of being so surprised that they did something so awful, just acknowledge that they're just not a good person. That's why they did it, okay? If you are surprised that they did something so awful, it means that you hold their character, you hold them in a high esteem. It means you think that they're better than that and they stooped so low and did something awful to you. You need to reframe how high you hold them in your, in your mind, okay? 
If someone does something absolutely awful to you, just remind yourself that that is their character. Otherwise, they wouldn't have done it. Don't be here making excuses for your ex of, of why they did all these awful things to you or spoke to you that way on so many occasions and you know had all these toxic behaviours. Don't make all these excuses saying, oh, no, but it's really not in their character. They just were this. They just were that. If they did it, especially more than once, it is in their character. Once you can understand that something is in someone's character – then it's less of a shock. You just have to come to terms with you thought they were someone else than what they actually were, okay? And when you come to that conclusion, it's a lot easier to not harbour so much resentment and hatred and anger. You more think, well, I obviously, A, read them wrong and thought they were someone better than what they were, and B, I'm actually now thrilled that I don't have to deal with that anymore. Now, the same thing goes for wanting revenge with an ex, If you are wanting revenge, that means that they still have you in their grasp. You are trapped in their fucking hold or whatever. And you might not want to admit that because it might not feel that way because you might think, oh, no, fuck, no, they're fucked, they're fucked. But, you know, I just want them to suffer because I suffered. I want them to suffer. You know, the thing is that here you are festering, plotting how you're going to hurt them as much as they hurt you. And they're just over there prancing around through life, oblivious most of the time, oblivious to the damage that they caused you. Okay, so you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time plotting revenge and it's keeping you in a state where they are, um, where they are consuming too much of your emotional space in a day. Okay, so if you are harboring these thoughts of revenge, you need to admit to yourself that they still have a hold on you. When you can get rid of these feelings of revenge and think, you know, all the best or whatever, like... I hope you get what you deserve and bon voyage, thanks for the lessons, goodbye. If you can get to that place, then you're going to feel like a big weight lift off your shoulders because you're not carrying all this emotional baggage along with you that they caused, but now you're lugging it with you, okay? Think you caused this, so I'm going to leave it instead of take it with me and suffer for longer than I need to suffer. Number four, stop thinking that they feel the same way that you do because they don't. Okay, so if a breakup has happened, it's because there is a misalignment with feelings. One of the two of you, or both, feels that this isn't right. So for you to think that they are suffering as much as you are is, a, is wrong. It's a mistake. To you to think that your ex is missing you as much as you miss them, no, it's wrong. And it, it, it sucks and it's harsh to say that to yourself you know, we had all these years together, they've broken up with me, I'm sure they're sitting there missing me. Yeah, maybe to an extent, for sure, some people are, but in general, nowhere near as much as you. And it's harsh, but it's something that you have to remind yourself of so you realise that moving on is the only solution. If you tell yourself the lie that they're pining over you and that they made a mistake and that and that, you know, they might come back and that they look like they're suffering and that they've watched my story, so they must be thinking of me. You are holding yourself in this limbo, this purgatory where you're kind of in between heaven and hell and you're like, I don't, I'm trying to soothe myself knowing that they might come back, but at the same time, I'm not actually healing at all and I'm keeping myself in this place where nothing is achieved. Literally nothing is achieved, but I've just pretty much slowed down time and I'm just hovering here while everything else is moving around me. Number five, number five, remind yourself, not today, Satan, not today, okay? When an ex reaches out to you 99% of the time, with 99% of people, 
they're doing it for selfish reasons. Okay, let's take let's fucking obviously remove the 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 scenario if you have children with your ex and you actually need to contact each other or you're you're going through the selling of assets. Okay, I'm talking about for no fucking good reason. If your ex reaches out to you, they are doing it for selfish reasons. Okay. Do not fall for the bait. And the selfish reason is they want to soothe their own guilt. That's what they want to do, okay? I think I've to- told this story before, but I really have literally like 150 episodes up there. So a lot of people may or may not have heard this story. If you've heard it, just flick over a couple of like 15-second blocks. But when I had gone through probably like my hardest breakup, I was like so in love, went through this breakup and like about a month in from the breakup, after no contact whatsoever – I receive an email, uh, a fucking email. Like I wasn't struggling enough. I was contacted by the coldest medium possible, an email. And in it, he proceeds to donate to me flights to Bali, okay, which he owned. He booked those flights and he paid for the flights when we were together because we were going to go to Bali together. And he booked them months in advance, right? But this was something that he had bought And he was shouting my flights, okay? He then had this brilliant idea that he should gift them to me. And here I am thinking, why would you do that? Like, can't, I'm not fucking going to Bali, you fuckwit. I just moved to a new city with barely a dollar to my name. I'm not mentally stable at this point in time. I am not going alone to a destination. We planned on going together. That's the last thing I want to do right now. He did this for selfish purposes. He was hurting out of guilt. He didn't want to be with me, but he felt really bad that he had caused me pain. So to soothe his pain, to make himself look nicer in my eyes, he extends the olive branch and does this gesture. It would have been a lot nicer if he had just never messaged me again. But to message out of the blue and have the excitement of like, weird that he's emailed me, but what is he wanting to say? Oh, he's gifted me. Like, fuck off cunt and I experienced the biggest roller coaster of emotions I'm sure a lot of you guys have where your ex obviously is just trying to check on you they're trying to be the hero in the moment even though they're the last person you want to speak to unless they're coming back to you saying I want you back they're the last person you want to hear from but they need to do it for themselves for their ego for their image right and a lot of people and I did it initially they take it as like a glimmer of hope when I saw the email, I'm like, oh. so I went through this roller coaster. I went through, oh, my God, there's an email from him. Oh, my God. And then I read it and then like a deeper heartbreak after that because I'm like, this, will, this why, why? Why did you fucking come into my day today? Why did you need to do that, right? As if I would give a flying fuck about flights to Bali. That's the last thing I wanted to do. He did it for himself. He didn't do it for me. And I don't think he's a bad person. I think he thought he was doing me a favor. When an ex gives you that glimmer of hope, just remind yourself that this is a selfish act. Today is not the day and I am not the one. I will not fall for this and I am not holding on to hope. Peace and blessings. Bon fucking voyage. That's what you want to think of next time your ex reaches out or attempts to reach out, okay? Number six, if your behaviours are repetitive while trying to get over a relationship, your feelings will be repetitive too. Are you redoing the same shit daily and expecting yourself to miraculously get over this person? Maybe, are you? 
Are you repeating the same questions to yourself? Do you find yourself only talking to the people that that are going to tell you what you want to hear instead of the people that are telling you that it's actually over? Do you want to do you find yourself attracted to friends who want to go over every detail about what your ex ex's actions were, analyzing their every move like a detective, stalking them on fucking social media, messaging them and then them saying, "Well, maybe write this, maybe write that" instead of, you know, friends that are like don't do that. I'm taking your phone off you. Let's fucking, it's done. You know, they're, they're different kinds of friends in, in a breakup. And I'm not saying that some are right and some are wrong. You kind of need all of them there. But some friends are going to kind of feed into this kind of repetitive patterns that keep you in this like, oh my God, I can't. you're not really moving on from the first initial pain of the heartbreak. You're still in that position of like, let's analyze everything so we can find some, some you know, holes in the story or we can find some way to get revenge or hope that they're going to come back. And that's fine if you're absolutely struggling and you're in a really bad state. Whatever's going to lift your mood in the moment. But understand that if you keep doing that repetitively again and again, you might find yourself six months down the track reliving that same shit and continuing those same conversations and it's not beneficial. So I'm all for, you know, there's a hierarchy of emotions or there's kind of like a a ladder of emotions. And if you are feeling absolute despair and hopelessness and you can't even get out of bed, then the next level up from that, it is, sure, okay, fine. Do a bit of stalking, do anything that's going to lift your mood slightly, but don't stay in that state for too long because that's when it gets super detrimental. Ideally, yeah, you want to jump from rung one to rung five or ten. But if you can't, you know, anger is a more empowered feeling than um, hopelessness. But you don't want to sit in anger for too long, okay? So that's so. I'm saying that in the initial stages of a breakup, I'm not saying don't engage in any of those conversations. We're all human here. We're all human and we all want to have a bit of these conversations just to kind of like help ourselves fit a little bit better in the moment. But my question to you is that in, uh, in isolation at the start of a breakup, fine. You fucking do that. I, we all, we've all been there. <laughs> we've fucking all been there. But my question is, do you find yourself repeating this again and again and again? And do you find yourself gravitating towards the friends that are more accepting and encouraging of this behavior versus the friends that are trying to be like, all right, what are we going to do? Let's shake it up. Let, let's, let's go and do this activity. Let's go. The ones that are trying to like change how you're feeling in the moment and make you feel better. Okay. Pay attention to that because you need, you need those friends that are trying to pull you out of it. They are gold. Then ask yourself, what is it that you're seeking day in, day out? Are you seeking reassurance that you were right and you keep talking about that to your friends and family or reassurance that they were the asshole or that they actually do love you but they ruined it? Just ask yourself, what am I seeking every time I talk about my ex to my friends? Is it just to get something off my chest and I need someone to be a sounding board? Is it reassurance to let me know that I'm not crazy and that you know my feelings are validated? Is it I'm looking for clues and someone's going to help me, let me know that they actually still love, what am I seeking? Okay. Because if it's the same shit day in, day out, then you need to change your behaviors or your feelings are not going to change. Number seven, this is only for some people because not everyone does this, but stop focusing on your ex's new partner or the person that your ex cheated on you with and what they look like. When someone slings shit on their ex's new partner, all I see is a wounded and possibly insecure person. That's all I see. If someone's standing there talking to me being like, she's fucking this, she's trash, she's blah, blah, blah. My opinion of that person who I've never met is pretty non-existent. But I do form an idea of where you are, what your headspace is at the time if you're slinging so much shit on this person. 
Every time you put someone down by attacking what they look like or what they do for a job or whatever it is, you are saying, I am in competition with this person. And, and if you really think that that person is trash, what are you saying about yourself? You're saying, oh, my ex left me to date that person and I think they're trash, so basically I am on that level. Is that what you're saying? Like I, I'm comparable to that? That's not a big compliment to yourself and it's also not an empowering position to be in. So just stop talking about it and stop passing judgment on the new partner. You either have a problem with your ex or you don't. But the new partner, just try your best to just, they're none of your business, okay? Unless, of course, you might personally know this new partner and if you actually have some valid insight into what this person is like, then fine, whatever, go ahead. And if it affects your life that you need to make these statements, go ahead. I'm not asking you to be Mother Teresa. But I'm saying if you actually don't know this person, just refrain from making those comments because all it does is it it solidifies the feeling that you are in competition with this person, okay? Less is more when it comes to talking about your ex's new partner. Don't do it. Don't do it. Honestly, just don't. Number eight, Remind yourself, and this is a harsh reminder, but remind yourself that your situation right now is probably not unique. In most cases, what you are going through when you go through a heartbreak is not unique. And it feels like it is because it's unique to you. And what you are experiencing may feel like something you've never experienced before, but heartbreak, for example, is not. And it's actually, while it might feel in the moment like, but I'm the only one that's experienced this, this can't be a common thing. It actually long-term is helpful to realise that this happens all the time. And the reason it's helpful is because you can look at examples of people that have suffered the way you're suffering right now and look at how happy they are now and how they've turned it around and how they either found happiness just being single or how they found a better love and it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to them having a heartbreak. It is good to remind yourself that you are not unique in this experience because you are then able to find a plethora of really great examples of how people moved on. They went through what you went through. They didn't go through a mild aversion. You're not feeling this harder than everyone else. You all felt it that hard. You maybe just didn't have insight into how other people felt their heartbreak. But we've all been there and it's always been fucked for every person that's been through a heartbreak. Reminding yourself of that is helpful. You know, like I've got a really good friend and she was going through a breakup recently and she kept saying to myself and all the girls in our group, you just don't understand. You don't understand this pain. And we were all like, what? We've all been there. We've all dated someone who's treated us like shit. We've all been ghosted. We've all been blindsided and dumped when we thought that everything was going fine. Like we've all gone through that. And I feel like hearing her say that reminded me of how I felt when I went through my first big heartbreak where I genuinely was like, God, if people are saying that I'm going to get over it, they mustn't know how I feel. This must be the worst heartbreak that's ever existed. No, it's not. No, it's fucking not. And so many people around me would have felt the same way that I felt, okay? If you tell yourself that what you're going through is so unique and no one's gone through what you're going through, then it does make yourself feel like this is an insurmountable challenge for you, right? If you can then say, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's bring it back down to earth. While I'm suffering so much, there are many people that I can turn to because they have firsthand gone through this and I can find find a lot of um, 
positive things to pull from this and I can find ways to think positively about my future and how I'm actually going to heal from this. Instead of thinking, I'm fucked, I'm fucked, I'm fucked. No one understands me. I'm alone in this. Okay, that's quite detrimental for your healing process to tell yourself that. Now, last one, number nine, sometimes you have to be the asshole. If you are going through a breakup and you were dumped, you are no longer that person's shoulder to cry on. They left you. I know people, personally, I know people that have been in situations where they've been dumped and then the person that dumps them is like, I still want to talk to you. I still feel like you're my sounding board. I just, you know, I feel like I miss our talks. No, no, mate. Turn around and find a friend or a relative. I am not the person. I am not your sounding board. If someone breaks up with you, they have relinquished all access to you. Any access they get is because you are now allowing it. And I'm all for exes to be friends, but the person that is hurting must allow themselves sufficient time to heal. Otherwise, that friendship is one-sided and the other person is suffering, okay? Like I said, very different if you are in a situation where you have separated and you have children. But even then, I still think there should be some boundaries in place until the person that's hurting heals and you just have minimal contact, make it super civil, you know, for the family's benefit. But you don't have to be there, you know, allowing them to call you and have a meltdown about their feelings. That's not your job. It is not your job to counsel someone through their feelings when they've dumped you, okay? Now, if you broke up with them, you have to be the asshole. That is the least you can do. Do not be there trying to mend their broken heart when you broke it. Actions will always speak louder than words. And when someone is hurting, they will take any hint or any clue and misconstrue it to serve a story that works for them. So if you message them saying, I hope you're okay. If you need anything, just message me. I'm only a phone call away. They're going to take that as they must still love me. They thought of me enough to message me. Maybe they're regretting their decision, but maybe they're too embarrassed to say it. Maybe they're doing this to reach out. Maybe they just want to see me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then this downward spiral of delusion begins. Okay. We've all been there. We've all been on that end. Well, the ex tries to reach out and be friendly and you're like, oh, hope. No. So if you're the one that's broken up with someone, do them a fucking favor and be the asshole. And when I mean be the asshole, I'm not talking about be mean. I'm saying you've got to be cutthroat. You have to be the one that looks like you have no soul, you have no heart because you're heartless and you just, that's what it's got to appear to be. It sounds awful, but that's the only way that they're going to truly understand that it's absolutely over. You could be saying all the shit you want, but then if you're reaching out and calling and texting, you're sending the wrong message, okay? And if you want a friendship, you have to wait. You have to wait. You have to give the space that is needed and then if you dumped them, then it's really up to them if they want a friendship. It's not up to you. It's up to them if they then want a friendship later, okay? Guys, those are my nine points as today's breakup manual, as far as today's breakup manual is concerned. If you want more breakup hacks, I've got a whole bunch of them scattered throughout the last 150 eps, 150 something episodes. So go definitely um, 
check them out and go listen to the ones that, you know, apply to you. I've even got specific episodes on, you know, breaking up with someone who's actually toxic, okay? Like specifically toxic people. Um, That is all for today. Love you guys so much. Hello to all my new listeners, of course. Welcome. If you haven't already, please jump onto the Facebook group and just join in the chats and conversation. I've had, I love, I had a a few episodes ago, I did a 30-day challenge that you can do. It's just like four tasks to do every day for 30 days. And there's so many people that jumped on there and they're like, I'm doing this, this is what I'm doing. People were sharing playlists. It was fucking amazing. And that's what the group was created for. So thank you so much for everyone kind of engaging in that and sharing all your ideas and, and being each other's support through, you know, making changes in your life for the better. So if you guys aren't yet a member of the group, it is Do You Fucking Mind with Alexis Fernandez. You just request to join and then myself and the group admins just go in and you know, add everyone to the group. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Keep sharing the episodes. Keep sharing it with your friends and family and those who you think need it. Share this episode with someone who you think is in desperate need of uh, tools to help them move on from a heartbreak. And as always, love you guys so much. As always, remember, be kind to yourself, be kind to your brain. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.